Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. You got your B-I-B-L-E. Let's hold it up. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'll not leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every time, every time I come to Church on the Rock, my faith and my life get stronger and stronger. Let's thank God for the Word. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Amen. Wow. Because, you know, we're kind of old school here at Church on the Rock. We still believe in teaching the Word of God. You know, when we come to church and, and being lifelong learners, and we still believe the Word is relevant. It's God speaking to us. It's a right now Word. And uh, we still promote the Word at Church on the Rock. Never going to stop doing that. Amen. So uh, I'm excited about our series called Legacy. Legacy. At the end of year, every year we teach on legacy. We want to leave the year strong. How we end this year will determine how we enter the next year. Last week we had Dr. Jerry Savelle with us. Jerry's been coming for several decades. He's on my board, by the way, uh, the board that I answer to and accountable to, Jerry Savelle. And you heard him say last week that next year is going to be chaotic. This is Jerry Savelle, Word of Faith movement. He said next year is going to be chaotic, but stand on the Word, hold true to the promises of God, don't waver, right? And that's what I'm hearing from a lot of my inner circle, outer circle, not only the media, but next year is going to be chaotic with the election, with the wars, with all that's going on. So as your pastor teacher, I'm always trying to arm you and prepare you. One of the greatest attributes of a great leader is foresight, foresight. You see the future and you prepare for it. So that's what I try to do every weekend and every Wednesday night at Church on the Rock for 40 years. So we're talking about legacy. We're talking about ending the year strong. So we enter the brand new year, 2024, even stronger. We don't want to limp out of this year. We don't want to be in grief going out of this year. We don't want to be bitter or angry going out of this year. We want to leave as overcomers, victorious, right? As we leave this year strong. So next year, uh, we can expect God to do great things in our life. So I'm going to take you today to Scripture. I'm going to take you to Psalm uh, 78. I'm going to take you to Deuteronomy. We're going to go through this. And then we're going to end up in the book of Judges, okay? At the end of the sermon, I'll give you five takeaways of things you can apply right now on how to ensure the legacy that God wants for you and your family. But the big idea, every sermon should have a big idea. And the big idea is this for me for the rest of the year is teaching on legacy 
and memorials and how it connects with how you and I can overcome doubt and fear over our future. A lot of people are afraid of their future right now. There's anxiety, worry, free, fear more than ever before. What does the future hold? You, you might say, oh, it's always been like this. It's never been like this. It's never, never, ever, ever been like this. All the world is turning against Israel. When that happens, hasn't happened yet, that's Ezekiel 38 war. That's the war either after the tribulation starts or right before the tribulation starts. If we ever wanted to live seriously with a sense of urgency, we want to do it now. Okay, we want to do it now. So I'm going to show you how our 40th anniversary and celebrating that as a memorial unto God will deliver people from fear and doubt over their future. I got one uh-huh for my wife. Can I have a witness in the house? I mean, doesn't that excite you to be, you know, because you say, oh, I'm not afraid. You're a liar. Your pants are on fire. The Bible says that there's going to be so much fear in the last days, people will have heart attacks and die before their scheduled time. That's in the Bible. We're seeing people die in young age like never before. We're seeing more suicides than ever before. We're seeing more people die before they're 70, 80, 90 years old, before ever before. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, fear will be so rampant, people will have heart attacks and die early. That's Bible. So I want to deal with relevancy and what you're dealing with, the fear of waking up at night, afraid of lack, family, wars, rumors of wars. And I just want to say this to you as your pastor, and you can mark it down. We need to celebrate every day because you're not going to have the freedoms you have now forever. You're not going to have the freedoms you have now forever. So we need to really, and I know you are, celebrating every day making every day count and leaving a legacy impact on the next generation. Are y'all with me, everybody? Okay, so let's get right into it on the screen here. Guys, is the screen working today? Yeah, legacy is what you leave behind. Legacy is defined what other people say about you. It's not so much what you leave for people. You heard Harold and Serene talk about this. It's not so much what you leave for people, but what you leave in people. Story. My dad died at 56 years old, way too young. Rheumatoid arthritis. That didn't kill him. It was the medication he was taking. We're not against medication, not against doctors, not against nurses. Thank God for them. We need them all. But they were trying out new medicine on him. This is decades ago. His body reacted. He had a heart attack and he died at 56. When my father died, when my father died, I was uh, here in St. Peter's pastoring St. Peter's Assembly of God Church. Okay. And when my, when my dad died, we went back to do the funeral. After the funeral, my mother said this to me, Dave, I have no money. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Your father just went to Kmart and bought a freezer for the garage. Could you take it back? to Kmart and get the money back I needed to live on. That was my parents, okay? So we had to take the freezer back, get the money from Kmart, so my mom would have money to live on until the insurance money came from his dad. 
So I'm saying that to say this. My dad left me no material things other than his wedding ring. I wear his wedding ring for decades. Other than that, he left me no money. He left me no car, no house, no land, no nothing other than he left me his walk with God. And his walk with God impacted me so much that I've been walking with God for all these years. Amen? So it wasn't the things he left for me. It was the things he left in me. I'll never forget, when I think of my father, I think of him kneeling by his bed every night praying. Kneeling by his bed. My bedroom was across the hall from their bedroom. I could look in every night and see every night. As a grown man, I'd see him get down on his knees, kneel, and pray on the bed. That impacted me. I could never get away from that. My dad said every time the church doors are open, I know it was a different time, we're going. He had an old philosophy. He said, Dave, as long as your feet are under my table, your butt is going to be in church. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. I know it's old school, but I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that philosophy. Amen. So I thank God. So that's the legacy that, that I have. It goes back farther than that. His mother, my grandmother, when she passed away in a little Pentecostal church in southern Iowa, we're talking about legacy. It's not things so much, and that's great. We should leave an inheritance, but it's what you leave in your family, in your friends, in those you influence. My grandmother, his mother, grandmother Blunt, they tell me that when I was a baby, she would carry me around on the farm, little old farm, 80 acres, southern Iowa, and she would pray in tongues over me as a baby, not even walking yet. I believe the prayers that she prayed affected the way I am living today. Amen. That's legacy. Legacy. So it's not what you leave behind. It's what more than that. It's what others say about you. But more than that, it's what you leave in people. It's what you leave in people. So let's go to scripture now. Psalm 78. Oh, my people, listen to my teaching. Open your ears. That's kind of what I was saying earlier about engaging in a service, wasn't it? Open your ears to what's being taught. Open your ears. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Next verse, verse two. For I will show you lessons from our history. You got in the lobby today and you're going to see lessons of our history of 40 years of when we started with 35 people in the library. Verse 3, stories handed down to us from former generations. We as parents should always be passing down to our children and our grandchildren stories of the goodness of God and how we faced battles and God got us through the goodness of God. Notice that we are to pass down stories and lessons from our history of the goodness of God. Next verse, verse four. I will reveal these truths to you so you can describe these glorious events of Jehovah to your children and tell them about mighty miracles God did. The job of a parent is to pass on down their faith in God. 
The job of a parent is to pass on down to their children a right image, a right picture of who God is. God is for them. No matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, no matter what they look like, God is for them. Verse 5, for he gave his laws to Israel and he commanded, it's a commandment, that the fathers should teach them to their children. Lessons, stories, acts, deeds that God did in history in the past. Verse 6, so that they in turn, oh, we pass it on, so that they in turn will teach their children too. What happens if a parent stops teaching the next generation? It doesn't go any further. I think that's kind of the problem with this generation, don't you? Okay. So that they in turn could teach their children, thus the laws passed down from generation to generation. Next verse, verse 7. In this way, each generation has been able to obey. Woo. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Golden nugget, you want to, might want to write it down. If there's a lack of power in my life, it's always connected to a lack of obedience in my life. If there's a lack of power in my life, it's not because God's mad at me, God doesn't like me, God is against me. It's not because of all of that. If there's a diminishing of power, it's because there's a diminishing of obedience to his word. Increase my level of obedience, I increase my level of anointing. In this way, each generation has been able to obey the word and to set its hope. Well, if we ever had a hopeless world, we have a hopeless world now. More negativity than I've seen in my lifetime. You know, annihilation, more people negative and hopeless and don't dream and don't think big and don't have a vision than ever before I've ever seen in my ministry of all these years. So set their hope anew on God and not forget. Set up memorials. Not forget. We are to not forget. We are to always remember what God has done. We're to put things around our home things around our church, things around where we live that remind us of the goodness and the greatness of Almighty God. I still have a picture in my house that we had in our house as a kid, as a teenager, that my parents had on the hallway. It was a picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. I grew up with that picture. You know, I have that picture now my parents gave it to us when Kim and I got married. I have that picture now. And you know what? When I go into my basement and my office there and I see that picture, it reminds me. It's a memorial. It's a reminder of my parents who were praying parents. And prayer was central in our house as growing up. We prayed over our meals. We prayed and we asked God for direction. And that is a memorial in my life that the devil can never take. So in this way, if the parents are doing their job, they're able to obey the word, it causes hopefulness on God and not to forget his glorious miracles. Next verse. Thus, 
They did not need to be as their fathers were, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Like parent, like child. Let's go on, guys. Next slide. Deuteronomy 6. Y'all still with me so far? Deuteronomy 6, verse 1. Now, remember, all this is connected, dealing with doubt and fear over your future. Okay? Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments that the Lord your God commanded you to teach, that you might do them in the land wherever you go to possess them. Y'all see teaching? Y'all see doing? Y'all see that? Teaching, doing. Uh, bishop Bronner is going to be here next week, and you know, he's our bishop, and thank God for our relationship, and, and we're so thankful that he and his wife can be with us again. But years ago, I asked him, Bishop Bronner, what's the key to success? And you know what he told me? He's an entrepreneur on the side as well as being a bishop. He and his family have a corporation, a business. They're multimillionaires on that side, let alone all that God's blessed him in the ministry side. And here's what he told me. He said, Dave, he said, always keep learning and then be teaching and then be doing. He said, always be learning, a continuous learner. And y'all are here. We're lifelong learners. But then he said, not only be learning, but be teaching and doing. Notice here, it talks about teaching and doing and passing on down to the next generation. What are we passing on down to our children? What values? What priorities? Next verse, verse 2. That thou mightest fear the Lord your God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today. You, mom and dad, and your children, and your children's children. And if you do that, all the days of your life and the days of their life will be prolonged. Long life, long, strong life, if I keep first things first. God must be first in our home. And then we pass on down to our children and our children's children. And the more that we notch up our obedience to the word of God, the more we increase the power of God on our life and our home. Next verse, verse 3. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. And if you do, it will be well with you. Well, I like that. It will be well with you. Won't live a troubled life, agitated life, irritated life, bitter life, grieving life, but it will go well with you. Pays to go to church, pays to put God first, pays to have family devotion, long, strong life, and it will go well. Even if it doesn't for your neighbor, a thousand can fall at your side, but it will not come nigh you. He said, if you do them, you'll be blessed. So the degree of obedience also is the degree of blessing. Lack of power, lack of obedience. Lack of blessing, lack of obedience. Hear therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, and it will be well with you, and you might increase mightily. Oh, we're all for increase. Two of us, Marilyn and I, are for increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, praise the Lord. As the Lord God thy fathers has promised you in the land that flows with milk and 
honey. Next verse, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Next verse, verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Verse 6. And these words which I command you this day, they've got to be in your heart. Got to be in your heart, mom and dad. Next, do we have another verse there? Guys, go on, keep going. Okay? And then you teach them to your children. So if I'm not, if I'm not where I should be as a parent, my kids won't be. If I, I can't tell my kids and take my kids where I haven't been. I can't share the word with them that I don't know. I can't share a lesson of history of when God sent me through if God's never taken me through. I can't show them a God I don't know. So no, he said, first of all, you get it in your heart when your Bible, and then you teach it. We don't depend on the kids' ministry at Church on the Rock. You teach it to your children and shall talk of it when you sit down, when you walk the way, when you lie down, and when you get up. What's that? Lifestyle, atmosphere, environment, promote the word. We call them raising our two sons teaching moments. They knew when a teaching moment was coming, okay, take your shoes off. We're going to be here for a while. Dad's going to do a teaching moment. That's what this was about. As a parent, you should seize opportunities to teach your children how to respond in a world that's gone crazy, how to stay strong in a world of compromise. Okay? Next verse, Judges chapter 2. Now, we're going to go to Judges here. This is powerful. The book of Judges, it's all about how that Israel was in disobedience. They were running from God, and God always raised up one person. One person can make a difference. You can make a difference. We call them judges, okay? But it's all about, the book of Judges is all about the faithfulness of God and the unfaithfulness of his people. The faithfulness of God and the unfaithfulness of his people. So let's look at it. Judges 2 verse 1. We're going to go line upon line, verse upon verse. An angel of the Lord came from Gilgal to Bochum. And said, I made you to go up out of Egypt, and I brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Now, if you're a Bible student, let me just throw this out to you. Gilgal means circle, means eternal. It's a shadow and a type, and the Bible has types and shadows. I had classes in college just on types and shadows in the Bible. Gilgal is a type and a shadow of the Bible, the Word of God. So he said uh, that the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum. Bochum, names in the Bible have spiritual significance. Bochum means the place of failure, the place of failure. Every time you and I move from the Word of God, we're going to fail. Every time we choose a way other than Gilgal, the Bible, the promises, 7,000, we're going to wind up in Bochum, a place of failure. When we try to build a marriage outside the Bible, we're going to fail. We try to build a home outside the Bible, we're going to fail. We try to build a business outside the Bible, we're going to fail in God's eyes. So from Gilgal to Bochum, and he said, I made you to go up out of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. And he's saying this to them. 
I made you and created you not to compromise with the world. You're to come out from among the world, right? For you're not of this world. You're a pilgrim passing through. What he's saying to them is you've left the world. You stayed in, uh, you left the word. You stayed in Egypt. And now you're in a place of failure and you want my help. You've left the word, Gilgal. You have stayed in Egypt, the world system, living a life of compromise. So you are in a place of failure with your health, your marriage, your money, your ministry, your job, your career. So we are not to compromise with the world. That's what Judges is all about because compromise leads to catastrophe. Catastrophe. Compromise. My dad taught me, I can still hear it, Dave, what you compromise to gain, you will always eventually lose. What you compromise to gain, you will never keep. I can still hear my dad say that. All right? So notice now, angel of the Lord's coming to an unfaithful people who once with Joshua generation, they, they, they were meditating in the word of God. See, the book before this is Joshua, right? And remember Joshua 1, meditate in the word day and night, night and day. You'll prosper wherever you go. Well, that generation's died off, and this is a new generation, okay? And they walked away from the word because that generation didn't teach this generation the word, okay? So they're in a place of failure. They're in a place of need. But God says to them, but I am a faithful God. You are unfaithful people, but I'm a faithful God, and I don't break my promises. Verse 2. Next verse. And you will make no league with the inhabitants of this land. What is that? Compromising with the culture to win the culture. Compromise with the culture will always lead to catastrophe. You will throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? A lack of obedience always creates a lack of power. A lack of obedience always creates a lack of power. So I want more power in my life. So God, help me to obey you in a greater way in the little things. Joyce Myers, whom we love at Church on the Rock. And Joyce has been here in yesteryears. She would come and speak here for us. And I'll never forget, I heard Joyce, and many of you ladies have heard this illustration. I heard Joyce giving this illustration one time, how she wanted more of God, and she wanted doors to open, and she wanted a greater anointing. So she said, I was at Deerberg's one day, and I was about to do what I normally do, just leave the cart in the parking lot. And all of a sudden, there was a voice that said, Joyce, put that cart back in the rack. And she said, I wasn't used to doing that. That's what they pay them for. So I was going to leave it in the parking lot, let it hit somebody's car, the wind blow it. And she said, God convicted me. This is her talking. And God said, it may be a little thing to you, Joyce, but it's a big thing to me in the eyes of others who know your witness. Put the cart back. So Joyce Meyer said from that day forward, when she goes to the grocery store, she puts the cart back. What is that? A little act of obedience creates a little more of God's power. Verse 3. Y'all, can y'all handle a little bit more? Okay. Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your flesh, and their gods will be a snare unto you. Verse 4. Verse 4. 
And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voice and they wept and they began to cry. Verse 5. And they called the name of that place Boken. What does it mean? Place of failure. Oh, y'all doing good. Place of failure. And what do they do? They begin to sacrifice there unto the Lord. Verse 6. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into their own inheritance to possess their land, previous generation. Verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elder that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Verse 8. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. Verse 9. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance, the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of Gosh. Verse 10. And also all that generation were gathered into their fathers, and there arose another generation. And there arose another generation after them that did not know God or the works, the miracles, the lessons, the stories he had done for Israel. There was a disconnect from one generation to the next. The parents, the fathers, the parents stopped teaching to the children the word of God. They didn't think it as important. They didn't make it as priority. Other things were more important. And what happened? The next generation goes to hell in a handbasket. Can I say that? I guess I did. I guess I can say that. Praise the Lord. All right, so again, a generation were gathered to their fathers. There arose another generation as the team comes after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Verse 11, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam or the devil. Whoa, legacy is important. What we do as parents and leaders and and believers, what we do is vital to the next generation carrying on the work of God, the gospel, and the Great Commission. The next generation is dependent upon this generation and the responsibility, and can I say privilege, that we have. Verse 12, verse 12, they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. God was faithful, but they were unfaithful which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods, the God of the lake of the Ozark, the God of football, the God of hunting, the God of family, the God of soccer, the God of politics, the God of career, the God of business, the God of my date, the God of my boyfriend, the God of my girlfriend, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and they bowed themselves, and they provoked the Lord to anger. Verse 13. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the other Asherah, the gods, devils, demons. Here's what I want to get to, verse 14. Next verse. Do we have another one? We don't have another one. Okay. One translation says that they did what they wanted to in their own sight. They did what they wanted to in their own sight. So I'm just telling you how important you are, how needed you are, Church on the Rock, how important you are, mom, dad, grandparents, teenager, in between her, but wherever you're at, how important you are to live the life, to serve God. How do we make a lasting legacy? Let me give this to you in closing. Lasting legacy. Can we show it, guys, on the screen? Follow Christ. Follow Christ. And I just want to encourage a sense of urgency today. If you're not a follower of Christ, you're here, you're online, 
you're out in the lobby or in the bookstore, you know what? You don't know how, how much time you have left. You don't know how much time we have left, the freedoms that we have in our country. Why is America not mentioned in the end times in the Bible? Do you know that? The United States of America is not mentioned in prophecy in the Bible, in the, in the end of times. What happens? Either we stop being a superpower or the rapture has happened. One or the other. No longer a superpower, which they say we're not now, or the rapture has happened. So if you ever wanted to give your life to God, make a difference, leave a mark, be significant, there should be a sense of urgency. You don't know, I don't know how much more time and the freedoms we have to gather like we're gathering today. So how do I leave a lasting legacy? Follow Christ. Number two, discover my gift. I'll be teaching the first uh, God is for you class here in about 15 minutes out in the lobby. If you haven't taken that class, I encourage you to take it. I'll be there this morning in person teaching it, helping people discover your gift. Number three, serve God with your gift. Follow Christ, discover your gift, and you all have a gift, everybody. You're all vital. You're all needed. You're all important. Don't the devil lie to you. Don't try to be anybody else. You be the best you. Serve God with your gift. Next should be number four. Serve others with your gift. Serve others with your gift. And number five, continue learning, doing, and teaching to the next generation. We'll pick this up in two weeks because next week you're really going to be spoiled with Bishop Bronner. If I helped you today, give the Lord a praise for the word, would you? Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and no one leaving, no one moving. I'd like to ask everybody online you're watching today and you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God and I want to get right with God. Or I don't know God, but Pastor, like I heard your wife say, I don't want religion, I want a relationship. If you ever wanted to give your life to God, you need to do it now. You're not promised another day. You're not promised that life will go on as it is today. Things are changing fast. They're saying next year is going to be chaotic with the election and the wars and all that's going on with the economy and all that's going to happen and all that they're planning. Wow, I wouldn't want to postpone it. You say, Pastor, I want God. I need God. I want to give my life to Jesus. Or, Pastor, I love the Lord. I'm a believer. But God's asking me to reset, recommit, go to a new level of obedience with him. Pray for me. If that's you, punch the button on your smart device. Or if you need prayer right now, there are live prayer partners standing by. Now, in this room, in the lobby, in the Rock Express, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. Pastor, I realize I need God. Just like you said, you need God. I want God to be the center of my life. I want him to be first in my life. I want to give my life and surrender my life to him today. I want to leave a legacy that makes a difference. I want to impact people for good and for God and for heaven. Pastor, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I want to turn my life over to him or rededicate, recommit, reset my life today. I want there to be a shift. I want more power. I need more peace. I need clear direction. I need godly wisdom. Pray for me. If that is you, in either case, no one's going to come to you, but faith is an act. Heaven is watching. If that's you and you say, Pastor, pray for me, lift your hand high right now, would you, in every section? 
wave it at me so I can see, God bless you, God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. Ushers are helping me. Keep your hand up for a second. Every section in the back, God bless you. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. Church, let's pray this prayer today. Most important prayer we could pray. Let's all say it right now. Heavenly Father, I repent. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me, and he rose again. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Take my life and leave a legacy. Help me to make a difference, for I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.